Hey guys, I'm Pastor Jason Shirley. I'm the associate pastor right here at Word of Life Church in Carlsbad, New Mexico. And I'm really excited that you have joined us today online. Just a couple of things. I want you to drop us a line if you're watching wherever in the world and let us know where you're watching from. We would love to hear from you. Second, if you want to partner with us today in a financial way, then you can give by texting 84321 and just text your amount, or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service. If you are with us for the very first time today at Word of Life, I want to thank you for coming today. Praise God. And uh, if you would do one thing for me, I would appreciate it if in the back of the seat in front of you, there is a card that says, Welcome to Word of Life, a blue card. If you would fill that out for us and drop it in the offering bucket when it's passed in just a moment, we would appreciate it. We just want to get to know you and know who you are and, and be able to properly say thank you for being with us today. Praise God. We just appreciate it so much. We recognize that you could have been a lot of places, but you chose to be here, and we don't take that lightly. Praise God. Praise God. So if you would do that for us, and we're going to receive our tithes and offerings this morning. Praise God. Lord Jesus said this in Luke chapter 6, verse number 38. He said, give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it will be measured to you again. Praise God. Now, you see, the, the thing is, when we give, we are sowing seed into the kingdom of God. And the law of seed time and harvest says that when you sow one, you don't get one back. That the purpose of a seed is to produce a multiplied harvest. It's been said so well that you can count the seeds in an apple, but you can't count the apples in a seed. And, uh, you know, it, the same thing applies in the financial realm. Uh, when we sow into the kingdom of God, we expect a multiplied harvest in return. You see, and, and we've got a good thing going here in this, that because we are under grace, not under law, you see that the obstacles to your harvest have been removed. They're not there anymore. Praise God. So seed will do what seed's supposed to do. And uh, so when you sow into the kingdom of God, expect your seed to do what seed is supposed to do. Praise God. Praise God. You see, the Apostle Paul said this. He said, when you, when you give, he said that God is able to make all grace, all of his favor, abound toward you so that you always having all sufficiency in all things might have an abundance for every good work. Seed is supposed to produce 
You see, and, and the enemy that would prevent your seed from producing like it's supposed to be has been defeated. Praise God. Praise God. So if you're uh, prepared to give this morning, you can give online by going to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, or you can text your giving, which is probably the easiest way to give, and you text to 84321. And, uh, or you can give the old-fashioned way by putting it in an envelope, praise God, and dropping it in the offering bucket. But uh, praise God, I, I am thankful that my God supplies all of our need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. Notice the, 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 the supply of the need doesn't have to do with me. It has to do with him. He supplies the need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus, not according to me, but according to him. Praise God. Praise God. So let's just lift one hand and say this with me. Say, Father, I thank you for the privilege of sowing into your kingdom. And Father, I thank you that you are able to make all grace abound. And if you said you're able, then you also meant that you are willing. And I can have all sufficiency in all things and an abundance for every good work. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Well, let me just say this, that... Uh, uh, next, well, this, this week, this coming up Wednesday, I will be boarding an airplane and flying to the Philippines uh, to do a conference and some, uh, some ministry there. And so uh, I would appreciate your prayer coverage during that time uh, while I'm away. Praise God. And if, if you would like to sow towards that financially, um, then you can certainly do so. Praise God. You know how to do that. Praise God. And so um, we appreciate it so much, and, and we'll go. And, uh, and you see, the thing is, when you have given, then you have connected with me, and you go with me. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah. We've got some bridge kids ready to be dismissed to their classes. Well, very quickly, look around and if you see somebody that uh, you notice that is not here, that's usually here, take just a moment and uh, shoot them a text and, and say, I wish you were here with me today at Word of Life. Praise God. Praise God. Well, today, I am going to share some things with you. Uh, you know, there, there are some basic things that, um, that we need to keep going back to and going over again and, and, 
and, and talking about, you know, some things that I try to, to, to spend some time with at least once a year. And, uh, uh, you know, one of those things is, is uh, uh, healing. And after I get back from the Philippines, I'm going to spend some time teaching on healing. Um, there are some, uh, another one is, is the area of finances and, and uh, prosperity and, and uh, those things. And that's just a couple of things we, you know, we want to uh, keep going back over the principles of faith. We want to keep going over righteousness and, and, uh, and, and those kinds of things. And so I, it's been a little while since I've taught on this subject of prosperity. And uh, so we're going to spend a little bit of time this morning with that. Praise God. How many of you want to prosper? Okay, the rest of you, why do you do what you do? Why do you go to work? If you, if you don't want to prosper, you know, why do you go to work? Uh, I, I, let me ask that question again. Let's be honest this time. You know, um, how many of you want to prosper? Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. And so, anyway, we're going to really, we're going to, um, we're going to talk about the other side of it. We're going to talk about, uh, we're just entitling this this morning, The War on Poverty. And, uh, you know, one of the, I, I found that, that poverty is something that, you know, it amazes me of how many people will fight you for the right to be poor. For the, for the right to fail, you know. And uh, I, I, that doesn't make any sense to me. Why do you want to be, you know, it's almost, for, for some people, it's almost like being poor is a virtue. And, uh, you know, for centuries, preachers have stood in the pulpit and talked about how evil it was to have money. Um, yet, they didn't fail to receive an offering. And, you know, that doesn't make any sense to me. If, if, uh, if you're telling people they should be poor, if you're telling people they shouldn't have any money, then why are you trying to get some? And so... Uh, you know, it does not make any sense. Did God create you to fail? You know, it, it occurred to me that God has put, you know, that when he created the heavens and the earth, he put resources here. And then Isaiah said, it is the Lord your God that gives you the power to get wealth. The wealth is is here, it's been here ever since creation, and God put enough here, praise God. This is why, you know, we need to understand that, that we, we do need to take care of our planet. We do need to take care of what God has blessed us with, but there is enough wealth in the earth, praise God, for you. Hallelujah. You know, God's not going to create more 
wealth in the earth. He will give you ideas of how to get that wealth and the ability to get that wealth. But we all come into this world with nothing, and we all leave this world with nothing. Nothing came into this world with you, and nothing is going out of this world with you. And so as far as, as material things and, and, you know, but this system of wealth is for you. It's for you. Praise God. And, uh, you know, if, if God didn't want you to have it, then why did he put it here? Praise God. So we're going to declare war on this issue of poverty. Praise God. And, and I'm going to show you that it was never God's plan. And, uh, you know, I know that I've, I've got one uh, shot at this this morning before I leave. And so, you know, we're just going to be able to briefly touch on it. But this is something that, that you need to know and you need to understand. Praise God. Listen to the Apostle John's prayer from 3 John chapter 1, verse number 2. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Now, you know, the, the issue of money and the issue of prosperity is, uh, no, it is not more important than a person's salvation. You know, it's not more important than spiritual things. The Bible teaches us that, that things which are spiritual or things which are not seen are eternal things, but the things that are seen, those are temporal. They are for here in this life. You're not going to need any money in heaven. I, I, I guarantee you that. You will not need any money in heaven. But you do need some here. Praise God. You need some to be able to function and to operate in the earth. You need to have some money. And uh, you know, when, when people talk about uh, the prosperity gospel, there is no such thing. You just say this. There is no such thing as a prosperity gospel. There is the gospel, and the gospel will cause you to prosper. But it's not a prosperity gospel. So let, let's get that out of our mind. You know, they, they talk about various preachers that, well, these are prosperity preachers. Well, if they mean that they preach on prosperity sometimes, then I guess you could say that. But there is no such thing as a prosperity gospel. It's just the gospel. And part of the gospel is that God wants you to prosper. He wants you to be a success. Jesus didn't come and give his life to empower you to fail and feel good about it. You know, that's not what he came to do. He came to remove the obstacles that were in the way 
uh, of, of your success, that were in the way of your health, that were in the way of your, your relationships. That we, he came to remove those obstacles that were in the way. He became poor so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. If that's not what he wanted, then why did he say that? Praise God. The Apostle John said, I pray that you may prosper in all things. In other words, he's saying, I want you to be successful in whatever you do. Praise God. Jesus did not give his life so you could fail. People were doing that long before Jesus came. He didn't need to come so you could fail. Praise God. Praise God. He says, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health as your soul prospers. This word prosper is a compound Greek word, and the, the two parts of that, the first part of it is the word you, and it, it you means good. Just, just very simply, good, something that is good. And then the second part of the word is hodos, hodos and it means um, a traveled way or road or journey. Um, your course, it can refer to your course of conduct. Um, and so when we put this together, we get the Greek word euodo, which combined those two compound words combined together, compounded together, uh, mean that you have to have a good journey or to be successful on your way, wherever you're headed. So in other words, whenever you start out to do something, uh, you know, the, God wants you to be successful at whatever you set your hand to. Here's what the Scripture says. Uh, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the, of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree that is planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And notice what he's talking about. Brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither. And whatever he does, notice that, whatever he does shall prosper. Whatever he does shall prosper. Praise God. And so, you know, um, it is the will of God for you to be successful in every endeavor in life. Praise God. Praise God. And then notice the apostle John said this, above all things. He said, above all things. Now, he says, I pray that you may prosper in all things. And he, say, he says, I, I, I pray that above all things. 
Now, is he talking about above salvation, that your prosperity is more important than your salvation? And that's a criticism that, uh, uh, that some would, would raise. Um, that, well, you're just saying it's more important than my salvation. No, 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 no. John is writing this to believers. They don't need to, to get saved. They've already been saved. He calls them beloved. Praise God. He says, beloved, I pray above all things. So these are people, he said, once you have been born again, once you have been saved, then the next important thing is that you be in health, that you, that you prosper in all thing, everything that you do, that you be in health, and your soul prospers. In other words, that you, we see three things there. We see, beloved, I pray above all things that you may prosper. That's material things. That you be in health. That's physical things. And your soul prosperity, he's talking about spiritual things there. So he wants you to be successful in all of these areas. The curse that came into the world was a threefold curse. It brought in poverty, it brought in sickness and disease, and it brought in spiritual death. So all three of those things were covered in the, in the curse that came into the world. All three of those things were also covered in the fact that Jesus uh, redeemed us from the curse, and all three of those things are included in the Apostle John's prayer right here. Praise God. Um, now, after you're born again, then the new birth should begin to have an effect in your life. Praise God. Praise God. It, it, it ought to change you. It ought to change your life in every aspect. Praise God. Because when Adam fell, the curse came into the world and it began to affect every part of our life. Jesus came to redeem us from the whole curse, not just part of it. Praise God. Praise God. Now, uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse number 18, notice this. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth. If He didn't want you to be wealthy, why would He give you the power to get wealth? wealth. Praise God. Praise God. You know, and I don't know if there's anybody, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure there's, there's not a single person in this room that couldn't stand to have a little more. Praise God. They couldn't stand to have some increase. Hallelujah. And you know, it, many Christians, because they believe there's something evil about money, um, they, many, many people 
Let me, let me just say this. They hate people who have some. They, and it's usually they don't have as much as they think they should have. So therefore, they have hatred towards a person who has more than they do. Now, uh, here he says in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is He who gives you the power to get wealth. And then he tells you why he does it. That he may establish his covenant, which I swore to your fathers as it is this day. God wants to establish his covenant. Praise God. And here he says that the power to get wealth has an effect on his establishment of his covenant. Now, he says that just the other way around, actually. But he says, he's, he, it's he that gives you the power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant. So, in other words, establishing his covenant is contingent upon you having some wealth. Praise God. Now, what I mean by that, that he, having... Uh, wealth affects the establishment of his covenant. What does he mean by establishing his covenant? Is, is his covenant no good if you don't have any wealth? No, that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is you can't, when he's saying establish his covenant, he is talking about the, the spread of the gospel. Praise God. He's talking about you being able to take the gospel and give it to someone else, praise God. Now, when you're talking about over the back fence, that probably doesn't cost you anything, except that you have to have a back fence to share it over. But, uh, uh, you know, so even, even at that, you need to have a little bit of wealth. Uh, but, you, you know, to function in this world, you need to have some. But... How many know that it takes money to preach the gospel? It takes money. It takes money to, to open a church. It takes money to, to be able to turn the lights on and the air conditioning on and put chairs in, you know. So it, it, it takes money to do it. It takes money for me to get on an airplane and fly halfway around the world. It takes money. And so this is what he's talking about, that he may establish his covenant because he cannot establish his covenant in the heart of someone who knows nothing about the covenant. Praise God. And so the gospel message has to get out. Jesus said this. He said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Hallelujah. How can you go if you don't have the resources. See, I'm, I'm convinced of this, that, that poverty has done more damage as far as the, the, uh, getting the gospel to the world than any other single thing. There are so many people, you know, how many of you 
you don't need to answer this necessarily, but how many of you, uh, if the Lord said to you today, I want you to go to a foreign country and preach the gospel, how many of you would have to check your bank account to know if you could say yes? You know, um, here, here's the thing, that, that when we trust God, we just say yes. When he, when he speaks, we just say yes. We know he'll provide. But how many of you could go online right now and purchase a plane ticket to a foreign country? How many of you could do that? You know, um, so how many people, you know, would have to say, but Lord, I have to work tomorrow because I have to have a paycheck coming in. You know. You see, do you see how that poverty is keeping people in bondage as far as being able to, to, to do whatever God says? Do you understand what I'm what I'm saying, I'm not talking about you, you know, everybody in here driving a, a new Mercedes, you know. I'm not talking about everybody in here living in a 5,000-square-foot house and having, uh, you know, someone come and clean it for you and, and mow your yard and, you know, that, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about you just being able to live on the golf course every day, you know. Um, I'm talking about the practical things of life, but not being enslaved to material things and financial things. And yet, um, you know, most the Bible tells us this very clearly, and, and don't misunderstand me. Uh, I'm, I'm not opposed to you uh, to you having some bills. Okay, uh, I've got some myself. Okay, but here's the thing that uh, the Bible says this: that the borrower is slave to the lender. In other words, when you have a car payment, when you have a house payment, when you have these kinds of things, then. Uh, you have to work. You have to go to your job. You've got to pay those bills. And uh, uh, so do you see how that the borrower is slave to the person who, who holds the note that you are paying on? Now, he says that he may establish his covenant um, so if you, if your success and your prosperity and your uh, obtaining wealth, if that empowers the establishment of God's covenant in the earth, then let's take the opposite side of that and let's look at this. What would poverty do if if your obtaining wealth empowers 
his covenant to be established, then you not obtaining wealth would hinder his establishment of his covenant, right? Okay. You know, we've, we've got a message that needs to get out to the world. Praise God. Praise God. Now, uh, how many poor people can go into all the world? How many poor people can, can literally get up and go into all the world to fulfill the Great Commission? Poor people can't do that. Poor people can't do that. You know, poor people can't go and preach the gospel. Um, what about this? How many poor people can send out someone to preach the gospel? You know, you can't do it. It takes finances and resources to be able to do either one of those things. Now, many people, and I think that if we're real honest with ourselves right now, I'm going to ask you a question, and I want you to answer it to yourself, okay? Um, but how many people, when you talk about rich people, how many of you see yourself in that category? How many of you see yourself or, or see the rich as being someone else? You see, here's the thing. If you can't see yourself as being rich, you never will be. You see, there are some mentalities that... that um, are present with people who have been successful, who have been, uh, who have obtained a lot of wealth. Uh, we're so quick to say they must be doing something dishonest, or they must be doing something that's sinful, or they must be doing something that's wrong, and we're, you know, they must be cheating somebody, or they must be stealing from somebody, uh, you know, and, and we, that that's what we think of. But we forget that the Lord your God gives you the power to get wealth. Are there people that abuse money, that abuse finances, that ab uh, abuse ways of obtaining finances? Sure. But I like what one, what one brother said, you know, uh, just because somebody abuses their right to drive an automobile every day doesn't mean I'm going to walk. Okay? Yes, there's going to be people that abuse that. There are going to be people that obtain wealth by dishonest means. There are going to be people who, uh, who do um, illegal or unethical things in order to gain wealth. But that doesn't have to be you. Okay? When, when God says that he gives you the power to get wealth, it doesn't mean he gives you an illegal scheme to get it. Okay? If God gives you the power to get wealth, his power does not include anything that is immoral, anything that is unethical, anything that is illegal, anything that is 
dishonest. You know, his power does not include those things. Praise God. Now, you may be able to obtain some wealth by those methods, but that won't be what God's providing for you. Praise God. Now, look at this. Matthew chapter 26, verse number 11. People say this all the time. Well, you know, you always have the poor with you. And actually, Jesus did say that right here. He said, for you have the poor with you always, but me you do not have always. So, yes, there will always be poor people. There will always be poor people. But I'm going to say this. I've, I've issued this challenge before in, in the past. That I, and I'll issue it again this morning. I challenge you to find one person in the Bible that the Bible specifically says they were blessed that was poor. There, there's not, there, you know, there's not anyone that the Bible specifically says they were blessed and yet they were poor. You see, because the blessing of the Lord makes rich and it adds no sorrow with it. The blessing of the Lord makes rich. Now, let me just say this. A lot of you here this morning you think I'm talking about something you can be, but here's the deal. Most Americans, by world standards, most Americans are rich. Even the poorer Americans are rich. But poverty is a mentality, first and foremost, Notice what John prayed, that you would prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. He's talking about that, first of all, you've got to change your mind. You've got to change the way you think about this. Praise God. You know, I, I like something that... Uh, that Andrew Womack said in his uh, book, A Better Way to Pray. He said, I don't ever ask the Lord for money. Although, you know, to run a ministry the size of his, I mean, he literally needs millions and millions, millions of dollars to, to do that. But he says, he said in, in his book, and I don't remember, the, this was several years ago that he wrote it, but he said, in 30 years of ministry, I have never asked the Lord for money. And, and then he goes on and he talks about it. He said, the scripture says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and these things shall be added to you. He says, so when I know I'm going to need money, he said, I pray that God would increase my vision. Because where the vision is taking me, there the supply will also take me. Praise God. Praise God. But see, here's the thing. Many of us, and this is what James was talking about when he said we ask amiss 
that we may consume it upon our own lust. He's talking about that the reason we want to have money has nothing to do with the establishment of, of, uh, of his covenant. Has nothing to do with establishing his covenant. The reason most people want more money is so they can consume more. Now, it's like a water hose. You can't get water from one end of a water hose to the other end without getting the inside of the hose wet, right? You know, I remember as a kid, the canal that runs through town, they pump the water or, or release water to the farmers so they can pump it out to their crops. And... That canal, when water runs through it, every weed in that canal gets watered. That's not the purpose of it. The purpose of it is to water the crops downstream. But every weed gets water and, and greens up and grows up because you can't get water from Lake Avalon to the farmers down by Loving without watering everything in between. Now, the things that, that this is really not what I'm talking about this morning, but I'm not talking about you just obtaining more wealth that you may consume it. But, if you become a channel as opposed to a reservoir, then you can't help but get watered. Because as God channels resources through you to establish His covenant, you get watered in the process. Praise God. But, but I want to get your focus off of that because that's not where our focus needs to be. See, we've got a message of the goodness and the grace of God that needs to go to this world. Praise God. Now, notice here in, in Galatians chapter 2, verse number 10, he says, They desired only that we should remember the poor, the very thing which I also was eager to. To do. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse number seven. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace. Do you get this? Giving is a grace. It, it, is a, it, it is something that is supplied to you because who gives you the power to get wealth? Not you, not yourself. You, and, and, and many people are saying, well, I work hard for my money. Well, first of all, you know, if you work hard for it, then you forget who gave you the ability to work. You forget who gave you the job to work. You forget who gave you the skill 
to work. You know, if that's your answer, you say, well, he didn't give me any power to get wealth. Yes, he did. If you have any at all, he gave you the power to get wealth. This is, this is the grace message. The grace message is that God has supplied. The grace message is that his favor is upon you. Now, notice what he said. God is able to make all grace abound toward you. He is able to make all grace abound towards you. So he is, God is he's saying that he is able to cause the grace that he has given us, the grace upon our lives to activate in abundant measure in your life. You see, if you are in business and you are you have a product for sale. Why does a person buy the product from you as opposed from someone else? Why, why, does, why does someone buy it from you? Because they are extending favor your way. Now, God causes favor to abound towards you. Hallelujah. So in other words, if you're in sales, you could sell more because favor is abounding towards you. Praise God. Favor will cause you to get jobs that you didn't, you know, uh, above the competitors, praise God. Now, I need to say this. I've heard many people that get upset when we when we talk about you know God causes you to rise to the top and things like that, uh, and then someone gets upset because someone else got a job that they wanted. Okay, let me tell you this. You don't need to worry about that because, here's the thing, the person that got the job, God loves them too, right? Okay? Well, well see, if you, I didn't get the job, so that proves that it, you know, there's nothing to this, you know, there's, there's nothing to this grace message. There's nothing to, well, yeah. Actually, the grace message was proved because God's favor was upon the person that got the job. And that's why they got it. He's not showing favoritism towards you or, uh, or against you, I should say. No, the, the person that got the job, God loves them too. Because, so, so get this out of your thinking that just because somebody else got something you wanted means that God is, is against you and for them. No, God's for them, but he's also for you. And if you'll stop worrying about that and start letting him work his favor out and show his favor towards you, 
He'll take care of you. He'll take care of you. I know people that today, they are mad at God because somebody else got what they thought they should have. And therefore, they're mad at God. Well, God doesn't have to take away from one person to give to you. He can show favor towards them and you. Praise God. Praise God. So don't start saying, well, you know, this is proof that, that God really doesn't love me. I know one person that says, well, God has favorites. You know, and we'll, we'll swear up and down to it that God has favorites. Well, here's proof of it right here. Well, I'll just say this, that if you'll just let God show his favor towards you, he will. Praise God. He can take care. God has no shortage of ability to be able to take care of you and the other person. Praise God. So don't worry about it. You know, God never, I'll just say this. If you're applying for a job, God never promised you that job. He promised you he would supply. Praise God. What did he say? God did not say, you show me chapter and verse in the Bible that says, you shall have this job. No, it's not there. He said he would supply all of your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He said he would take care of you. He said he would cause favor to abound towards you. But never specifically did he say you're going to get that job. And I've known people that have called God a liar because they didn't get the job that they, they wanted. Well, what happens if there's three people praying for that same job? There's only one job. Two of them are not going to get it. But all three of them can be provided for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, you know, I'm, I'm hesitant. Somebody, I have people, I have this happen a lot. People call and say, well, Pastor, will you agree with me that I get this job? Well, I can pray with you that, that uh, um, you'll get a job. I can pray with you and, and, and believe God with you that he will supply all of your needs. Praise God. But to get that specific job, how many people applied for that job? Well, only one of them is going to get that job. So does that mean God is opposed to all the rest of them? No. You just happen to be one of the ones that didn't get the job. But all of them can be provided for. Praise God. Praise God. Now, and I went past where I was planning to go on here and I lost my place. Okay. Poverty 
Let me, let me say this. Poverty is not a sin. Okay? And just because you find yourself in a position where you would say you are poor does not mean that you are in sin. Okay? So don't, don't get that idea that if, if you're poor, that, that I'm saying you're in sin. I'm not saying that. But here's something. Poverty has caused a lot of people to sin. Poverty's caused a whole lot of people to sin. But you know what? Wealth has caused a whole lot of people to sin too. Now, look, look at this. You don't have to have money to love it. Get this. 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10. For the love of money is the root of all evil. Many people think that the Bible says money is the root of all evil. No, it says the love of money is the root of all evil. For which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. Having money is not sinful or having no money is not sinful. Money is simply a tool and, and we need to, to get this out of our mind that money becomes everything. Bible says you can't worship God and mammon. You know, mammon being the, the system through which you obtain wealth. Now, for the love of money, there are people who have no money, but they love money. They love money. And they would do anything to get money. There are people who have a lot of money that do not love money. Now, we would think of, you know, we, we tend to think that just because a person has money, they must love money. That's not true. And we tend to think that people who don't have money, well, they don't love money. But there are a lot of people who have no money who are a lot greedier than some people who have a lot. So, you know, um, money has caught... How many sleepless nights... Have you had worrying about money? Okay. How many sleepless nights? Do you think that was the will of God for you to lay awake at night and worry about money? No. It is His will that you get a restful night's sleep. Praise God. Do you know what worry is? Worry, we talk about meditation. Worry is meditation but it's meditating on the wrong thing. God's Word talks about meditating. It says on His law, on His way of doing things, on God's methods, His, His ways. <clears throat> he says, blessed is the man that meditates on His 
on the law of the Lord day and night. But the man who meditates on money doesn't ever call him blessed. The person who lays awake at night and worries about money all the time. Now, you know, I've got to come clean here. I've spent a few sleepless nights. I don't spend very many. But I spent I have spent a few sleepless nights worrying about money. And you know, when I do that I gotta jerk the slack out. And and I gotta get my mind back where it needs to be. Those, those who walk after the things of the spirit set their mind on the things of the spirit. They choose to set their mind on the things of the spirit. Praise God. So when I find myself laying awake in the middle of the night and I'm worrying about money, I have to choose to get my mind off that and to get my mind on the things of God. Get my mind on what he said. Praise God. I have to make a choice. You can't make that choice once and for all. See, a lot of people, they want somebody to lay hands on them and pray for them and that fixes everything. No, you choose to set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. Praise God. And I have to make that choice over and over and over again. Praise God. Praise God. How many, how many family fights have you had over money? Yeah. How many families are fighting over money? Either the lack of it or some. You know, I knew a couple several years ago. He received an inheritance from his father who passed away. And this couple ended up divorcing. But it was all about this. She was always worried that he wasn't going to give her any money. And he was always worried that she was going to take it all. Now, that's a recipe for divorce right there. You know, and, and they went at this every day of their married life. You know, he received this inheritance. Well, he's not going to give me any of it. And he's saying, well, she just wants it all. And they ended up in, in a divorce over that. So how many family fights have occurred? How many brothers and sisters don't speak to each other over an inheritance? You know, terrible. Money... Or, or I should say poverty. Really, that's a poverty mentality. You can have a poverty mentality even though you have money. There are people who have plenty of money that have a poverty mentality. They, they think in terms of, of, of poor all the time, poor all the time. You know, well, I can't spend a dime because I might need it next week. How many times have you not obeyed God 
because you didn't think you could afford to. God wanted you to do something, and the first thing you did was to check to see if you could afford it. And you decided you could not afford it, so therefore you did not obey God. I'm not talking just about giving, which it, that, that certainly applies to giving. You know, we've probably all been there at times. We didn't give what we thought God wanted us to give. And, but other times, we didn't do what we felt like he wanted us to do because we didn't think we could afford it. I used to say this, faith always responds to God, yes, always. When, when God's speaking, faith always says yes. Faith never says, can I afford it? Faith never, never responds by checking the checkbook. Now, I'm not talking about frivolous spending. I'm talking about when God speaks to you to do something and you check to see if you can afford it before you do it. Now, I've traveled and done missions work for years and... You know, it costs a lot of money to do that. And yet, you know, I have learned, I, I, won't, I won't be dishonest with you and tell you that I always do this. But I will say this, that I have never had all the money in my hand when I said yes. There's not one time that I had all the money that I needed for the trip in my hand when I said yes. Um, because I felt God was wanting me to do this, so I said yes. Now, sometimes, you know, there, I've, I've been through the battle. I know what you're talking about. I know what you're thinking, you know, about. I've been there. But nonetheless... At some point, you've got to get beyond that or you will never do anything for God. Because He will put a vision in your heart. You see, the provision follows the vision. The provision follows the vision. We need to get that. The provision follows the the vision. So when you have the vision, if you'll say yes to the vision, then the provision will follow. Praise God. Praise God. Now, how many times have you, according to Malachi chapter 3, verse number 8, when we fail to bring the, the tithes into the storehouse, Malachi 8 says it's, that we're robbing God. Uh, so, in light of that, how many times have you robbed God because of a poverty mentality? Remember, it's all God's. It's all His. How many times 
Have you cheated someone out of what is rightfully theirs because of a poverty mentality? Well, I can't afford that. You know, we, we can get real nitpicky, which I'm really not going to. Um, you, you can say thank you now. But I'm not going to get real nitpicky. But, you know, there are times that we have cheated people out of what was rightfully theirs because we had a poverty mentality. And here's one. How many people miss church because they're trying to make some extra money? I'm not talking about to, to put food on your table. I'm not talking about that you have to have a job and work. But I'm talking about because you're trying to make some extra money. So you see here how that um, a poverty mentality can cause people to, you know, being, being poor is not a sin, but being governed by a poverty mentality is. Praise God. Praise God. Now, get this. Psalm chapter, chapter um, where are we at? Psalm chapter 35, verse number 27. Let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause, and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. God doesn't want you to prosper. God doesn't want you to be successful. Well, then why did he put this verse in there? He takes pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. Is it possible to give God too much pleasure? Okay. I'm just challenging your thinking today. Praise God. Because this, this poverty mentality, I want you to see how terrible a thing that it is. And, you know... I want you to make a decision today. You'll probably have to make it again tomorrow. Okay? But I want you to make a decision today to be free from the power of a poverty mentality. Praise God. Praise God. Well, Pastor, you're just preaching that because... Uh, Tithes and offerings have been down. No, actually, tithes and offerings have not been down. So that's not why I'm preaching this. Praise God. But I'm, I'm talking to you about this because I want you to be free. Hallelujah. I want you to be free. And if this holds you in bondage, it, that's what God's opposed to is you being in bondage to anything. Praise God. God does not want you to be in bondage to 
anything. He does not want you to be in bondage to habits. He doesn't want you to be in bondage to addictions. He doesn't want you to be in, in bondage to money, to lenders, to religious thinking and religious ideas. God doesn't want you to be in bondage. Whom the Son sets free is free indeed. Praise God. And He wants you to be free. And this is the thing. I don't preach on this a lot. You, you all know that. I don't preach this a lot, uh, but it's something I felt like we needed to talk about today, and uh, this has not been a shout hallelujah kind of sermon. I didn't promise you all a Cadillac, <laughs> but I want us to be free from this poverty mentality. See, because uh, a poverty mentality is a fear of not having enough, right? Poverty mentality is a fear of not being provided for, not being supplied, of not having enough. And the Bible says, perfect love casts out fear. Praise God. Perfect love casts out fear. And I like to say it this way. When I know God loves me, then I don't fear anything. Praise God. When I know, when I am conscious of the love of God towards me, I am afraid of nothing. I am fearless. We should have called this message how to be, how to be fearless. Praise God. When I am convinced that he loves me, I never am fearful that he won't provide. Praise God. Why does a kid never worry about whether they're going to get to eat or not? Because they know their parents love them. And they know their parents are going to provide for their needs. You know. And they're, they're not... They're not worried every time they eat, is this my last meal? Because they know their parents love them, and therefore their parents will take care of their needs. And when we have that kind of a confidence in the love of God, we become fearless, and to be fearless means you cannot have a poverty mentality. You can't, you know, see, here's the thing. Wherever what I have, wherever it came from, there's more. Where did it come from? It came from God, right? He's always got more. He hasn't run out yet. He's never going to run out. Praise God. My father is not only willing, but he is also able. Praise God. He has never run out. He, here's what the Apostle Paul said in Romans. He said, if he spared not his own son, but freely delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Praise God. Praise God. Let's pray. Just, just pray this with me. Say, Father in heaven, I thank you 
that you are an abundant supplying God. And I thank you, Father, that you are also perfect love. And perfect love casts out fear. Fear has torment. Therefore, I will not fear. I will put my trust in the abundant supplying God. I choose to live in peace. I choose to trust you. I refuse to put my trust in money. I refuse to be controlled and dominated by money. I choose to live fear-free because perfect love casts fear out of my life. Thank you, Father, that you take good care of me, that you abundantly supply for me everything that I have need of. And I thank you for it. Now, Lord, increase my vision. Increase my vision to see the kingdom expanding and growing. And me being a part of that. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've never received Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, you can do that right now. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. You see, in order to receive Jesus as our Savior, we must believe that He paid for our sins and that He rose from the dead. And we then, with our mouth, we verbally announce our choice that Jesus will be our Savior. So let's pray that right now. God in heaven, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me, to pay for my sin. And right now, I believe that you raised him from the dead and I choose Jesus to be my Savior. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, according to God's word, you are saved. And on the back of the card and in the seat pocket in front of you, there's a place to check on there. I choose Jesus. Check that. And just hand that to someone as you head out. Also, whether you're watching online or whether you're sitting in this room, if you made that decision to choose Jesus, there's a free book that I'm offering to you called I Choose Jesus. Just go to our website or to our app, W-O-L Carlsbad, and you can download that book free of charge, let you know what happened to you and how to proceed from this point forward. Praise God. It is a great day to follow Jesus. And I'm so glad that you made a decision to start your journey with him. Praise God. Praise God.
Thank you once again for joining us today online. We value you and we want to hear from you. If you made a decision for Christ today, you can select I Choose Jesus on our website. And we've got a couple videos for you to watch so that you can get started on your walk with God. We've also got a free ebook that you can download right from our website called I Choose Jesus. And I want to encourage you to do that. Once again, thank you for joining us. And remember that God is madly in love with you.